world and welcome to CC Portable, the one and only podcast devoted to everything handheld gaming. I'm your host, Curtis Freisel, and this month, my very special guests are none other than CC Portable regulars, Matt Bandy and Chris Roberts. The three of us are the Holy Trinity, the California crew. How you doing, guys? Thank you so much for being on the podcast this month. I'm I'm doing well. It's nice to see I got uh, top billing over Chris there. So. Wow! I'm, I'm just looking save the best for last. <laughs> <laughs> How you guys doing? Good. Yeah. All right. Crazy times. We're About like, what you can do. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, uh, we're in the middle of uh, coronavirus lockdown right now. I'm actually in London. You guys are both in California. Um, and how long, how are you guys working? Are you at home? How long have you been home? What's going on, Matt? Uh, I've been home for the last two weeks. Um, but I've been doing a little bit, uh, from some work from home type stuff. Uh, some of you might know, I, I work in the healthcare field and I'm able to do a little bit of telehealth communication with some of my patients, but, uh, for the most part, it's, uh, just been doing homeschooling with my kids and helping my wife out with some of her, uh, her online business and uh yeah hanging out doing a lot of reading um but mostly just it's actually been kind of nice having some um time to decompress and just hang out with my family so if there's a if there's a silver lining in it that's that's definitely it good well it it appears that both of you are healthy uh which that is good and i i hope the the your family is as well yeah um chris how you been holding up Oh, good. Uh, I had about three days off, and then uh, the schools decided they wanted us to deliver lunches instead of children, so we have been delivering lunches, which I have to admit, initially, I was kind of like, you know, I mean, with all you read, I don't know, I mean, not getting too much into Corona itself, but I mean, I feel like, you know, Disney's going to shut down. We should all probably take this seriously, you know what I mean? Right, right. And So I was a little concerned initially, but, um, you know, we keep our distance, we have gloves, you know, we uh, practice safe, you know, handling and uh, interaction with the public. It's very satisfying. We deal with a a large amount of uh, poor children in our area. Yeah, and you're doing a good thing. I mean, a lot of these kids depend on on these meals. This is, Um, these meals are essential. Like, there's no doubt that, I mean, most likely they get one meal a day at home. And mm-hmm. this is a tremendous burden on their family. And I mean, we're talking about uh, children from families of six, seven kids in a house with two parents. And, you know, these lunches make a big difference. And, it, and you know, the, it's nice to see the looks on their faces are very helpful. I mean, the first day out, we delivered 14. Yes, uh, Yesterday, we delivered 120 just oh, for wow. one bus, just for the bus that I was driving. So um, yeah. you can definitely see the interest increasing. So it's, it's good. Well, we don't get too serious here on CC Portable, but thank you, Chris, for going out there and doing that. That uh, I'm sure means a lot to a lot of people. But uh, back to the topic at hand, CC Portable. This is crazy. Um, yeah, so we are in March, which means it's March Madness. And this is possibly my favorite month of the year every year for CC Portable, because it's the one month we don't just pick one game and play it. We pick a system, and I let you guys run wild and play whatever you want. Now, the real March Madness, NCAA, may have been canceled, but this March Madness is still very much alive and well, and we got a lot of great 
responses this month. Uh, I thank you to everyone out there on Twitter uh, or wherever that sent me some stuff and joined in on the conversation. It was a lot of fun. And the topic at hand this month, this year for March Madness 2020 was LCD games. So we're talking Game & Watches, Tiger Electronic Handhelds, Tamagotchis, um, Mattel Electronics we'll be covering today, which aren't actually LCD games. Those are LED games. But uh, we're going to lump that in. The reason I wanted to do this was LCD games kind of are... Uh, handheld gaming a lot of time gets attributed to the boom starting with the Game Boy, right, in 1989. But there was a whole decade or more than a decade of handheld gaming that took place before the Game Boy came out. And that's what I wanted to cover today. Kind of the, the first generation, if you will, I don't even know what you would call this time in handheld gaming, but the, the proto uh, handheld games out there. And that's what I want to talk about today. Um, so we're going to jump the right into age. that. The, the bronze age. Yeah. What would you call that? I don't know. What, Maybe. I think the Golden Age would have to be Game Boy, right? I would think so, yeah. Maybe the yeah, bronze, the silver age would be. Silver? I don't know how it it's silver age? There's gold, bronze, silver, isn't that usually? Right. When we're talking about yeah, comics. Uh, yeah, it feels like, uh, well, whatever, we're getting off topic. But it feels well, like we're, the, we're the best point. ones usually get the nicer name. Mm. Exactly. We're at that point in, in evolution where the fish hasn't, like, jumped out. Or, or maybe has just jumped out and is, like, starting to breathe on land, you know? Yeah. Like, that, that's about where we're at right now. So, LCD games. What does that stand for, first of all? It stands for Liquid Crystal Display. So, if, you've, if you're not familiar, if you're maybe a, a younger uh, listener out there and you've never played an LCD game, it's like they, they got these fixed little black images on the screen and they light up in different orders to give you the illusion and the effect of movement um, like you're playing a, a real video game. It's kind of primitive, but a lot of us grew up with these things. They were often a cheaper alternative to something like the Game Boy or the Game Gear. Um, and do you they remember, were based... Do you remember yeah, offhand what, how, much they, how much did they on average cost? I don't remember. I, I was doing a little research, and I believe um, I'm not sure on Game and Watches. Game and Watches ranged, I think, around like the thirty dollar range, thirty to forty maybe. And you guys jump in if if you can correct me. You're a little bit older than I am, so maybe you remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe uh, Tiger Electronics were like maybe twenty five, twenty twenty five, somewhere in there. Um, fr from what I said, it's kind of hard to pull numbers, uh, which we'll get into. So about the price of the cost of a Game Boy cartridge then. Exactly. Right, yeah. Like a new Game Boy game. Yeah. Where, and whereas, they were also like, very accessible too. I mean, you're talking about these were in your drugstores and right mm -hmm. in the toy departments, and you know, so you did. It was a little more accessible as far as getting them was kind of. And a lot of people got these. Well, I might be getting ahead of it, but you know, get these as junky birthday presents and stuff. And oh, all the time. Yeah, my I, first I would, question to you was going to be, what is your guys's? Did you guys grow up with these? Did you have a lot of these? Uh, I know, you know, Chris, you're a big collector now. You you put out a picture on Twitter. You got a bunch of them now. But did you have any growing up? Um, the one I had, and I'm not even. I mean, I'm guessing it's LCD. But the first like Coleco football game, I remember some older kid gave me one, and all it really was was just a dot on the screen. Is that there the was Mattel a couple electronics other... one? 
Yeah, it was, uh, I believe it was distributed by, uh, it might have been Mattel as a distributor, but Coleco was the manufacturer, I believe. Sure. I think, okay. anyways, anyways, it doesn't matter whoever company it was, but it was just the old classic football. And you see them re-release them, but I mean, I had like the OG one and I didn't even, I didn't even know these things existed. And this guy was just messing around with it. And he's like, here, do you want this? And I'm like, sure. And all it was was just a dot on the screen and you know you had to avoid a couple other dots it wasn't even like 11 men or anything you know what i mean it was it was, it was a it lot was of little, imagination it was the, yeah. the, the little red lights right yeah i I, had this. I don't know if that exactly matches up with the tiger um with the same um well like you're talking about the li liquid crystal i'm not quite sure if that's it no it uh, that like, is actually it's probably the same mold in a way you know what i mean sure absolutely same idea. It, yeah. That's not actually an LCD game. It's an LED game, which stands yeah. for light emitting diode. But that came right. That's kind of what led into LCD, yeah. which is a good segue to to talk about that for a second. Uh, Matt, we'll get back to you. Um, but El Mattel Electronics was kind of the first ones on the map as far as handheld gaming. And this is where I wanted to begin, because um, do you guys happen to know what the very first credited handheld electronic game was a little piece of trivia for you guys was it that uh mattel uh, i think i actually have it um it's kind of rectangular oh, i know that's not very good for your audience but okay go ahead what is it i, th I know i have it bandy you got anything no my guess would have been the football thing no. That that and that would have been a very good guess, but that would have been incorrect. The actual the first one was Mattel Auto Race, uh, and that's oh. credited uh, as being the first handheld that was entirely digital, meaning no moving mechanisms aside from the the control buttons and the on and off switch. Um, that came out in 1976 and was followed the following year uh, in 77 with Electronic Football, which became the bigger hit overall. And I think most people, when they think back to those early days of those handheld games, that's what people think of. And I, I had one of those. It wasn't mine. It was my dad's. But I remember playing with that as a kid, the, the thing. And I loved because the screen, it was like in a little miniature um, stadium. Do you, do you remember that? Like a little circular yeah. stadium? Well, there like the was Rose different Bowl brands. Right. right. There was ones that were a little more. But you're right. It had kind of like on the screen. Mm -hmm. I had a, a, a baseball one that was wider. And it looked like a diamond. It was kind of round. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think so that was, one came a little bit later, yeah, the Mattel baseball bit, one. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was a few few more down. But um, it's interesting how much, how many, how, how long, um, how many they put out and how many variations of basically the same game. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so so back to you, Bandy. What, uh, did you grow up with these these games? Yeah, I did. Similar to Chris, my first um, experience was with the uh the football um handheld led as well that was actually i had that before i had a nintendo um it was really yeah it was handed down to me from uh my mom's best friend's kids who were like like 10 years older than me so i was i was gifted that or you know it was a hand-me-down and i remember i had it taken away from me in second grade because i had it in my desk underneath the you know it was like those old school desks that would fold down i had it opened up and i was playing it and uh my second grade teacher took it away from me that was the last i ever saw it 
Could you <laughs> those damn Back second grade teachers, teachers man? Them away and never I remember <laughs> seeing into a teacher's desk. I don't know if it was second grade or first grade or something, but I remember I have this vivid memory of looking into uh, her desk when she opened the drawer because she like took something away from me and seeing just this treasure trove of toys yeah. and stuff she had taken from kids. And I was like, oh my god, like you're you're a friggin' toy thief! How mm-hmm. dare you? How did you? How how were you playing that? Don't. Didn't they? Because you couldn't turn off the sound on it, could you? Yeah, that's probably how I got busted. It was just loud beat. It was like beep, beep, yeah. beep. Yeah. That's what I remember. So, yeah, that's probably one of my earliest gaming memories because I had that because I was like second grade and I it was around second, third grade is when I got the NES and that would have been like 85, 86. Yeah. But um, I did have a few um, Tiger handhelds um as a kid as well um one of them i actually have right here this was mine from when i was as a kid we'll get to that yeah but i had i had this one here and a few i had a double dribble and a ninja turtles one that yeah that were it was basically it was like the same box art that you saw on the nes box or the the game the nes game it was the same artwork that was on the the uh the handheld but it, the shape wasn't this shape. It was like a. Uh, it was long. Like an, it was an oval shaped, and right. um, kind of came down to a point at the end. Don't um, you have that, Chris? Yes, I do. Because um, they were made by Konami. Well, right. Okay. There was that, like I don't. I don't have. A, I actually have the turtles basketball, but um, the the one he's describing looks exactly the same. Also, I have a Contra, and I have a, um, a Top Gun, I believe, which mm-hmm. uh, it's in the picture. But they're um, it's they kind of almost almost kind of look like a Star Trek symbol. Yeah, exactly. Of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah kind so, of. The, that's what I had, and then grew up with as a kid. And I I, I remember getting them for Christmas as like stocking stuffers. Yeah, I think I got all three of them in that that one shot, that one Christmas. Yep, exactly. Oh, look at that! That's look at it. that! Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Do you remember how it played? The uh, the turtle one, I think it was just kind of like a beat 'em up, um, mm-hmm. and the basketball one, you know, you're you're playing basketball, but sure. Um, I had well, another. I mean, we're we're talking about the Tiger Electronics now, so let's just we can move into that since we yeah. it feels like we're already there. A little backstory on Tiger Electronic Handhelds, if you don't know. Uh, The company was founded in 1978, and they ran through 2012 until, most recently, when it was uh, announced that they were going to revive some of these uh, Tiger Electronic uh, Handheld systems, which... I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute that to uh, myself and the mm-hmm. Cartridge Club. That's right. what we call the CC effect, the Cartridge Club effect. We mention something, we bring up something, we talk about something, and suddenly the the universe gifts it back to us. And in the case of this, I mentioned months ago that we were doing LCD games for March Madness, and lo and behold, Tiger Electronic handhelds are coming back. Uh, we're gonna be getting Sonic Three, Transformers, X Men, and Little Mermaid. Are those um, re-releases or they're old? re-releases? They're the, oh, okay. the the same as the game that came out, you know, in the '90s or whenever. I don't think I, I ever saw a Transformers one. I saw that's those, what I was thinking. Mermaid. I didn't think there was a Transformers. I wasn't sure about that. It, well, and and that's a fair point because I was trying to do some research on these Tiger electronic handhelds, and man, it is all over. The, I'm trying to find how many did they produce? How many in total are there? 
Um, what was the first one? What was the last one? Just fun little trivia things. And it is tough. I, I could not find what I was confident in, in saying it was like a, a complete list of them. I found many different Chris, things. Told me this ahead of time. I actually have a collector friend on Instagram and he claims to be uh, two or three away from a complete tiger set. So I'm assuming yeah. if he mu he must have a master list, he must have been able to track one down. But do you know how many are on that list? Uh, I could probably look it up while we're talking, but I don't a know. A couple hundred, you'd say? It, I felt like that's where he was in yeah. that range, at least at least mid hundreds to two hundreds. You know what I mean in that range? Yeah. Well, yeah, and these, I mean, I the I'm confident in saying there's well over a hundred titles for sure. We, we can we can all agree on that. Um, but these things are great. If you guys are not familiar, well, they're great and they're terrible at the same time. We'll, we'll talk about them right. in a second. But they were cool because they were often like Tiger was smart in that they were able to get all these popular licenses to base these games around. So, you know, I mentioned Sonic and Transformers and stuff. They also did, you know, Lion King and Mega Man ones, the Turtles, Jurassic Park, like these big uh ips they were able to secure and make these terrible games out of but i'll be damned if the if they don't look cool if the art isn't cool um but i had i have one in my collection that i did play for this month and that was mortal Kombat, and it was not good uh you you fight you can choose I'll, I'll give them this it was pretty clever. They managed to get in um, everybody from the original Mortal Kombat game in the game. And you can play as either Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, Johnny Cage. I think those are the only three you can play as. But then you fight against, you know, Raiden, Kano, Scorpion, Sub-Zero. And then eventually uh, Shang Tsung and Goro. Although when I played, I never fought Goro. But I did find out later that you can fight Goro. I, I, you've, I did five matches and then i went straight to shang sung uh, look it was it was fun i mean it kept me entertained but i just spammed the low kick button until because i just wanted to see is there like an ending to this game and there was i mean you you, you win the tournament you know and then you just kind of start over and it gets harder but i think that's a good representation of most of these games and I, i'd like to hear what you guys think to me it was like you get maybe a good 15 20 minutes out of them and then I don't know if I'll ever play that again the rest of my life. Is that fair? That's fair, yeah. I remember the first one I purchased. Um, I wasn't really little when I bought it or anything like that. I was definitely teenager years, but um, I was a big well, fan of NBA Jam. Your, your extreme age right now. <laughs> I, I can't hear you. You're just way too short. Hello. I can't reach the microphone for that microphone, right? <laughs> um, was NBA Jam? I was such a huge fan of NBA Jam in the arcade, and I had it on the Super Nintendo. And I just thought, man, it'd be really cool just to kind of have one. And I remember pretty much regretting it instantly, but it wasn't terrible. Like I had grew up on similar crap like this. I mean, of course, it was LED, but. Even this like is the holding it up right now. You can't, you can't see it if you're listening to this, but he, he's act, he actually has it in front of him. Is that the one you had when yeah. you were a kid? Yeah, this is this is the one. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty cool. And um, uh, I had um, I had a well, a friend of mine had Donkey Kong the LED, so I kind of grew up on you know little tabletops. 
Oh, was yeah. Like, I had a great oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? And you know what? You are right. It is Mattel. I was confusing the two. The Coleco is the. I was thinking of the tabletops now that oh, I was kind of yeah, yeah. thinking it. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I was kind of used to this stuff. And even like the watches, a friend of mine had, um, Zelda on the watch, which I actually, I have the same watch now. You know, I mean, it's not the same experience as the console for sure, but, you know, it was a decent time killer. I didn't invest too much time into it, but enough for I... jam play. Uh, I mean, you just, you, you know, you, you dribble and shoot pretty much. I mean, I, you, you dong, uh-huh. and, you know, it has the little, uh, it's not like when I was, you know, schooling you on NBA Jam that time we played for a few hours. Who just, beat you two times? Just destroyed you. 70. What happened? I think that was you. Out of about you're breaking, 70. You're bra- I'm sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. <laughs> uh, but the point is that I destroyed you twice that evening and once in the arcade. I'm undefeated on the arcade. Yeah, cabinet. but that arcade, you Un- know. You know that 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 button wasn't working. I had oh my buttons weren't working either. So you're right. Vandy, <laughs> uh, uh, what about you? You you have any of these growing up? Oh yeah, like I said earlier, I had the uh, well, oh that's the, right. Yeah the uh, the the Double Dragon two the Revenge, um, which is the one that I still have, and the one that I played for this month, and then the Ninja Turtles and double dribble ones that were made by konami as we found out so you played double drag and i was going to read your review that you put on twitter a little bit later but since you're here why don't you give us a little uh review of double dragon 2 right now uh it's like it's actually kind of fun um it uh plays like uh, a side scroller and with a little bit of platforming but you just fight through different waves of enemies coming from the front and the back Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, as the, as the levels go on, they get a little progressively harder to where you have to do a little platforming where you're jumping over pits, which would be kind of awkward. And then some, uh, you remember the, uh, um, the little spiky, uh, tube looking things that would come down and, in, in one of the levels, mm-hmm. of the, yeah, you have to avoid those too. And that's, that's pretty much what it is. And, uh, yeah, that's how it plays. Do you think you'll ever play it again? Maybe in a ten, like a couple of years down the road, when I like, oh yeah, I remember that, and I'll play it for a second or two. But that's that's right. idea. Yeah, yeah. I remember I had a couple couple. I don't want to belabor talking about Tiger Electronic handhelds. I, I do have some other fun facts that we'll talk about in a sec, but just a couple memories I have of these games. I did have the one that I really dug, and I'm not sure if it was Tiger. I think it is a Tiger. Um, it was Road Rash, which I th- I think translates really well to a Tiger Electronic handheld because it doesn't. There's not a lot of movement, um, but it, it it looked like a like almost like a joystick, and the screen was on top of it, and. Uh, almost like a, a like a lever type thing right and uh you would shoot or you would hit people off the sides it was really fun like i actually remember having good times playing it and trying to like get a high score and having good times um and then the other other memory i have is uh, you, chris you mentioned the zelda watch i i had a, a sonic the hedgehog watch that i thought was the coolest thing like yeah. bringing it into school and you're like I, dude i'm playing sonic on my wrist right now like Screw learning sign language, Mrs. Peterson. I'm playing Sonic. I got I got the you know the hedgehog on my my, uh, my wrist right now, 
And I don't even, I just remember going around in the loops and thinking that was, wow, like, man, we are in the future right now. I can't believe this is happening on my wrist, but I don't think there was much else to the game. I, I, I don't remember. I'd love to find that watch again. Uh, maybe I can find that on eBay, but those are the two big tiger electronics memories I have in my head. Um, but I was interested to find out that there's a little bit more to, to Tiger than just the electronics, which you may know. Uh, but they, they had some other successes, uh, two, two prominent ones that I'd like to mention here. The first being the talk boy as seen in home alone Two, uh, escape from New York or what, what the heck's the subtitle stuck in New York, lost in New York. That's lost it. in New lost York. In- yeah. Yeah. Where he, he uses the little talk boy tape recorder and is fooling the, the guards and stuff. Um, that was also Tiger. And then uh, Furby. Furby was also Tiger Electronics. So oh. they got some hits. Do you guys ever play around with the Furbies? I didn't play around with the Furby, but I my one of my childhood best friends had the Talk Boy. And we yeah. we used to make uh, yeah, use that a lot. Because you could you could you could slow down your voice and it, mm-hmm. you could change your voice and when they would play back on tape it sounded, you know, slowed down or and uh, yeah, as a kid, just like in you, the movie. Yeah, yeah. As a kid, when you're recording these things and you play it back and you hear your voice different, it's hilarious. So yeah, yeah, those were really fun. I always wanted one. And then they actually made three cartridge-based systems. I don't know if you guys knew about this. The first is called the Quiz Whiz, which was apparently some sort of trivia game, right? Um, and then they had the R Zone which this one was great because this is basically your discount bargain bin version of the Virtual Boy. If you could even, because right. the Virtual Boy is already yeah. the bargain bin discount version of the Virtual Boy. But this was right. something you strapped onto your head. You remember this? You strapped it onto your head yeah, and you had, like you had a, little, little, a little reflector little screen right. uh, come down. Horrible. But what was what I found that I thought was really interesting about this R-Zone is the properties that they had for these games. Um you know, some pretty big ones. They had Virtua Fighter. And mind you, these are LCD games, like, on a little reflective display over your eye. Like, I think I think my brother had one of these. Uh, but anyway, they had, they had Virtua Fighter. You know, fighting game. Okay, that makes sense. But then they had a game like Area 51. Remember Area 51 in the arcades? The uh, shooter. The like shooter a, a rail, thing, yeah. rail shooter shooting yeah. aliens and stuff. How would that work on a LCD? I have no idea. And then this one, I was like, oh, man, I'd love to track this down. Panzer Dragoon mm. on the R zone. Are you kidding me? How the heck did you do an RPG on the, or maybe it was like the flying thing? I, I have no idea. I'd love to see Panzer Dragoon on the R zone. Did it play with a did you have a controller that you play with? It um yes. You had some sort of controller. I, I'm trying to remember that you connected to the to the thing that wrapped around your head. Uh that's that's about all I remember. It was, it was it was it was a really weird system, fun little piece of handheld gaming history. And then of course, uh, the they 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 really went all out on this one, and they had a their their own handheld system that was trying to compete with the Game Boy. And this was no longer LCD. This was a a legit uh, legit console, and that was the Game dot com. And I don't yep. know if we'll ever talk about the Game dot com again. Uh, I don't think we've ever mentioned it. So uh, we're going to talk about that right now. Do you guys know about the game.com? Have you played the game.com, Chris? I have both of them. They had two versions of it, and 
I found them both at yard sales, and they're okay. I mean, they work. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, they still work. Um, I thought was, the interesting mechanic was it had um, the ability to c- connect to the internet and some very primitive web browsing, which I'm sure at the time felt like living in the future. You know what I mean? To be able to, to the internet called the game.com. Right. And I'm pretty sure that's where the dot com comes from. Um, it, you know, they feel sturdy and they had a handful of games. I mean, some kind of surprising. They had like a resident evil game on there. I thought was interesting. I mean, it's not Mm -hmm. great, but being that it was portable, it was kind of neat. I was a big resident evil fan. So it had my interest. I didn't get it when it was new, but I have, since amassed a few of them i got probably about four or five games not bad i mean it doesn't really get a lot of my time to be honest but it's kind of a neat little you know footnote well i mean you're doing pretty good if you got four or five games because there was only 20 released for the whole thing and this is from 97 to 2000 so i think that's a longer lifespan than the uh the dreamcast had but it only had 20 games in that whole time you mentioned resident evil it was actually a resident evil 2 uh, it also yes. had the Mortal Kombat trilogy and Duke Nukem 3D. I thought those were kind That's of... That's actually the one I was wanting to get was Duke Nukem. Right. Just, if nothing else, just for the imagery. Sure. <laughs> I'm always a Duke Nukem fan. Bandy, you ever play a game.com? No. And I think... I Correct me if I'm wrong, but when AVGN did the video on the Tiger Electronics stuff, I think he mentioned the um, this, the game.com, and the other... Uh, the R thing, zone. The R zone. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. The only, I, I only know of them from that. I've never seen sure. them. Well, not a lot of people have because none of them were particularly big sellers. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Tiger Electronics. I put it out to you. This is March Madness. Let me remind you that I want to hear from you guys. And I was going to read your Double Dragon 2 review, but. We got you here, so we got we got the the real deal. But I did get some great uh, responses from you guys. Uh, one of which was from uh, at Deej13 or Derek, um, and he actually played the first Double Dragon LCD game. And I asked him for a little review, and he gave me one. I'm gonna read that right now for you. Uh, so he you can find this on Twitter. He said, uh, <laughs> I said, can you give me a, a review? He said, sure. Dot dot dot. I guess it's a Double Dragon game. It has punching, kicking, dodging, and you kind of walk through the levels. There are two enemy types. Levels are not too long. It's kind of fun, if only for a little bit at a time. It brings back a bunch of nostalgia for me as well. So I'm thinking he had that when he was a kid and uh, still has it today. So thank you, Derek, for leaving that. Um, And before we get off of Tiger Electronic Handhelds and move on, uh, another person that did a great job this month gets major kudos you doing all right there chris you seem like <laughs> sorry uh, my computer's about to die i'm trying to plug it in oh gotcha go ahead it's this uh, we, had, we had another person reach out on twitter and this isn't necessarily for tiger electronic handhelds but it was in the similar vein so i thought i'd include it and that was dean lasagna from round two gaming or at round underscore two underscore gaming um and he he's a big collector of video game memorabilia he's got a lot of weird stuff a lot of stuff from japan uh just hard to find weird gaming paraphernalia and he had happened to have 
the entire set from 2005, I believe. It was a McDonald's had uh, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro LCD games in their Happy Meals. And I think there was a total of eight of them. And he's got every one. I think four Crash, four Spyro. And he went on Twitter and he reviewed each one. And it was amazing. Uh, each game actually sounds kind of fun. I can't believe these were Happy Meal toys. I feel like Happy Meal toys suck now. They were so awesome back then. But he went on and reviewed each one of these games. There's, you can go to uh, CC Port, at CC Portable Unite. You can find the thread there. Uh, I liked them all. Um, you can, I think he used the hashtag, as, hashtag CC Portable. You can find those. If you have a chance, look it up. Really fun. I didn't even know these things existed, but they look like a blast. They almost look like little kind of cassette cases that open up um, and, and have these games inside. Really fun. So thank you, Dean Lasagna, for that. Uh, that, was, that was a really cool um, addition. Addition. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, it was really... Really cool post. Contribution. Contribution. That's what I was the word I was looking for. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Uh, quickly, I just want to mention these. I thought they they uh, deserved it, given how popular they apparently still are. Um, and that's Tamagotchis. So these came out in 1996. Uh, it's a virtual pet simulation game. If you've never seen one, it kind of looks like a little egg. It's got three buttons on it, and you would raise a little alien creature. And it was fun because you didn't know which creature you, you were going to get when you got them. So uh, I remember when I was in school, maybe third grade, fourth grade, Tamagotchis were all, you had. You weren't anybody if you didn't have a Tamagotchi. Everybody had a freaking Tamagotchi. I had a Tamagotchi. Some people had multiple Tamagotchis. Uh, these were crazy. And Tamagotchi is a portmanteau, if you will, of uh, the G Japanese words tamago, which means egg, and ooh, oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Uachi, uachi, which means watch. So, um, you know, it's like it's an egg watch. I don't even remember them having a time. I guess it kept time because you had to put in the time because you were raising. Yeah, because yeah, because if you didn't get back to them, they died, right? Uh, did you guys ever play Tamagotchis, Matt? Are you familiar with Tamagotchis? No, at, you know at that. <laughs> You were probably in like your early thirties at that well, point, right? Well, no, I was at that point. You know, I was I was too busy skateboarding and listening to Slayer all the time, so Whoa, I didn't really sure. have time for yeah. Tom chasing all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, Chris, you? No, you shook your head. I was making babies, dude. Hey, making your own <laughs> little egg watches, <laughs> right? <laughs> Real babies. <laughs> well, I I thought this was amazing because as of 2017. There have been over 82 million units sold. That's crazy to me for Tamagotchis. They still um, make them? They do. Yeah, absolutely. They're still a I, thing. I it's say an interesting, something interesting about that is people must really like those because I rarely see those like at yard sales or swap meets. or I mean, I know they're a little bit older now, but it's interesting that how people's attachment to them, they either, unless they just were just thrown away, but I rarely come across those ever. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it was a big hit. It was, it was very much a flash in the pan sort of thing. Like everybody had them. It was the coolest thing. And then it was just gone as quick as it came. It was a lot like uh, Pogs. I remember Pogs were huge. Yeah, for, Pogs were so it, stupid. You know, it's all, all, all those yo-yos were big for a second when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I was, I was surprised to find Tamagotchi still going. It's still very popular. It's had tons of handheld and console 
video games, um, you know, for the Game Boy, N64, the Wii, 3DS, you know, just to name a few. Not ne- not necessarily all uh, North American releases. Some of these are Japanese only. It seems like it's a very big deal in Japan. But like I said, I could not talk about Tamagotchis. That's it's a big deal, these things. Um, but I don't really have anything else to say about that. So we're going to move on to the main event, and this is what I've been really excited excited to talk about, and that is Nintendo's Game and Watches. And uh, we're going to kick things off with an audio review sent in by Jeffrey, uh, or at Self-Destructo on Twitter, and he uh, gave us an audio review for the video game Manhole, and it is a wonderful audio review, and we're going to play that right now. Howdy, folks. Jeff here. Let me tell you about one of the games I played this month, Nintendo's Manhole, a Game & Watch game originally released in 1981. It was the first title in their Gold series of Game & Watch devices. It was later re-released as part of Nintendo's new widescreen series in 83, and then subsequently ported to the Game & Watch Gallery and Game & Watch Gallery 4 games with a few additional gameplay features. But as for the original, which is the one I played, it features a one and a half inch LCD screen with a built-in overlay that gives the display some depth and color in the form of red brick roads and watery blue sewer pits. The name of the game is to protect pedestrians from falling into exposed sewer drains by maneuvering your character around the screen with a manhole cover. There are two roads, an upper and lower road, running horizontally across the screen, and each has two open drains. As the game begins, pedestrians, initially one at a time, make their way across the screen, coming from either the left or the right on either of the streets. You've got to be sure you're in position above the holes as they approach in order for them to safely pass by, or else, unsurprisingly, they fall into the sewer water and probably die. If three unlucky souls take a dip, that's it. Game over. Simple as that. As far as the controls go, there are four red directional buttons, two on each side of the screen, one on top of the other, which correspond to the four sewer pits that you're expected to monitor. The layout is intuitive and comfortable, and the buttons are very responsive, making it a surprisingly fast-paced game once you get into the swing of things. For every person that crosses your manhole cover, you get one point. The longer you play, the busier the streets get with up to three people on screen at once, and increased walking speeds. As with a lot of arcade-style games, there's no real end. You're just looking to net the highest score. However, if you can reach 300 points without losing a life, any additional points you earn are doubled. If you get to 300 and have lost lives, those lives are just replenished. You don't get any bonus points. I know it sounds like a pretty simple game, but I was surprised at how addictive it was. Several times I remember telling myself, Okay, just one more try. Alright, that was trash. Doesn't count. One more try. It's definitely easy to throw away 20 or 30 minutes just trying to edge out that previous high score. Looking back, I can definitely see why many LCD games were so popular, particularly through the 80s, like pre-Game Boy. It would have been a perfect game for your morning Metro Commute. Phew, okay. Now I'm ready. For the questions of Doom. Is it a good portable game? I'd say, yeah, it's an excellent portable game. Does it belong in your collection? No, it definitely doesn't have to be in your collection. 
And as for a rating, all things considered, I'd give it a four and a third stars out of six. So, um, lastly, if uh, you have any questions or comments about the game, please let me hear them at Self Destructo on Twitter or the forums. Any other manhole questions not related to the game, those inquiries can be directed to frequent CC Portable Guest Star and resident manhole expert Matt Bandy. Back to you, Curtis. And there you go. So, uh, Matt Bandy, you're the, <laughs> you're the expert on uh, manholes, right? That's uh, that's what I heard. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeffrey. That was it. Really, that was an amazing review. I I could not have uh, done as well as you did. You, I could see it in my head as you described it. Very fun. So let's talk about game and watches. Uh, this was. They, they were produced from 1980 to 1991. It is actually, and there's a lot of really fun facts here about Game & Watches. It's the earliest Nintendo video game product to gain major success. So I think a lot of, they, they were dabbling in some video game stuff before this. This is the first video game foray. They were doing some stuff. But I think a lot of people attribute their initial major success to Donkey Kong. Uh, but that did, actually didn't come out until 1981. So Game & Watches precede Donkey Kong. And um, were a big hit. It was uh, created by Gunpei Yukoi, uh, who is also the creator of the Game Boy. And he came up with it when he was traveling on a train one day in 1979. And he saw a guy playing on an LCD calculator. And he thought, hey, why don't I make something? You know, that, that's, a, that's a great idea. People need something on the trains while we're commuting to our, our jobs. And I could make... A little LCD display game, right? And the Game and Watch was born. It uh, runs on a four-pit, four-four-pit, four-bit CPU for you tech heads out there. I I don't I don't know I don't know why I included that. I have nothing to say about the like, tech specs of stuff, but I thought it was interesting. And uh, in total, they've sold 43.4 million units worldwide. So not as much as Tamagotchi. But uh, still uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, but a lot more expensive, though, than Tamagotchi, I would imagine, right? I mean... They were. They were, so yeah. The um, equal or close. Well, maybe not. But, you know, I'm sure they made a lot of money off of it. That's, that's a lot yeah. of units. Absolutely. So, uh, Game & Watches were great. They were, <laughs> as the title says, they were games and they were... You could set an alarm. Um, but the main draw was definitely the games and uh, they were simple LCD games. Um, they often, uh, you know, used Nintendo properties or uh, even in some cases uh, like Disney properties. There was a couple uh, Mickey Mouse games that we can talk about. Um, the first game and watch was called Ball and that was released in 1980, as I said before. Um, most of the games had a game A and a game B. And these were all very arcadey games where you, it was just trying to get the high score. So you typically game B would just be a faster version of game A. These games you didn't you didn't beat them. You were just going for the uh, the high score. In total, uh, there was 59 made for sale, and then there was one contest prize winner one. Uh, so there's technically 60 game and watches in total. If uh, for you collectors out there, um, and on that same collecting. Uh, thread, train of thought, what am I saying? A headache 
which was released in 1981, is the UK version of Helmet and is considered the rarest of the Game & Watches. So for you Game & Watch collectors out there, look for Headache. Um, oh, two more things. Donkey Kong, uh, the Donkey Kong Game & Watch, introduced the D-pad, which, I mean, come on. Is there a, a right. bigger uh, innovation in gaming than the D-pad? That is huge monumental and it all started on the game and watch but there is actually something else that i think might even be bigger than the d-pad that started on the game and watch and i did not know this but the first appearance of luigi is in a game and watch and it's in the mario brothers game and watch that's the very first time luigi was ever seen or heard of did you guys know that? That's very interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That, yeah, that that blew my mind. That predates the arcade Mario Brothers, which was, I believe, 83, 84, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. So was it the same arcade game as that, or was it a different kind no, of game? Do you know? I actually, I actually have it, um, and I played it. I, If you were following me on Twitter this month, I played every LCD game I owned, um, and I think I have six, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven, seven Game & Watches that I played. Is that, is that right? No, sorry. I have six Game & Watches that I played. And this was one of them. And it's really fun. It's a dual screen. So this is another thing we can talk about Game & Watches. Some of them were single screen. Some of them were dual screen uh, looking like a DS like Donkey Kong was like that, but some of them were kind of like a book. You opened them and they were dual screen, and that's how the Mario Brothers one was. And so on the right-hand side, you control, I believe, Mario. On the left-hand side, you control Luigi, and you're boxing up, uh, I believe, like like bottles, like, like Coke bottles, and you have these conveyor belts that go back and forth between the screen, and you have to keep... Uh, moving them up the conveyor belts and then in the last conveyor belt moves them over and dumps them in a truck. So you got to fill up this truck and then the truck takes off once it's full and like you start a new round and it gets faster and, and going really fun. It was of all the game and watches I own. That was my favorite. I thought that one, uh, it was great. You, you were kind of multitasking doing the both screens. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Do you guys have any game and watches? Have you played any game and watches? I had a Game & Watch as a kid. Um, I unfortunately don't have it anymore. Um, but it, was, it was a Super Mario Brothers one where you played as Mario, and it was a single screen about this, um, maybe the size of a Super Nintendo cart, maybe a little bit smaller and obviously thinner. Yeah. Um, but I rem it had a D-pad that was made out of like little squishy red buttons. And I think it had another button, like an A or B button on the other side. But you basically um, had to avoid being <clears throat> caught in these little traps. And it was <clears throat> just how long you could survive. I just have very vague memories of it and wish I could find that again. But I've, I've, I've never seen it. Maybe, Chris, you know what I'm talking about or, or have seen that? Yeah, I've seen it. Um as far as me, uh, I only got them as I got older. I didn't even realize that these things even existed. If I saw them, they, they must not have made an impact on me. But um, I do have a Donkey Kong and a Donkey Kong Jr. And I think the like arcade ports lend themselves really well 
to the game and watch, especially from that era. You know what I mean? Like uh, the graphics match up fine. The gameplay is is pretty solid for for that. I think one of the more interesting game and watches that I've seen is um, uh, people refer to it as Punch Out, but it actually says boxing, just says mm-hmm. boxing on it. But it has like two re- like two little uh, controllers that can come off. Uh, mm-hmm. So like you could play somebody, you can box a friend or whatever. And um, and then it tucks back in itself. It's kind of neat. I mean, I, obviously you, the audience can't see this, but if you Google the image, it's pretty neat. Like it opens up like a, you know, almost like a sunglass case or whatever, and then you flip yeah. it over. Do you, Chris? Do you remember? I almost bought that at Game On Expo in Phoenix, and, and, you and I have. didn't. I so regret it. I so regret no, it. I, I regret it. I thought about yeah. it after. I was like, why didn't I buy it? You know what yeah. I mean? It was so. Dang it. I don't know why I didn't. Maybe it was the price. I'm not sure. Their prices have shot up really high. Yeah. We're, yeah. That's the other thing. Gaming watches are very expensive now. When you when you guys were kids, did you know about gaming watches? Like, did you realize that were? I didn't either. Yeah. No. no I, I, that, I, that was the one I had was literally the only one that I ever had or saw until I was older and uh, realized, like, much older. Um, and found out that there was like, whoa, these have been made like these predated the NES, and there was all all different kinds. I had no idea. I have never seen one in a swap meet. I've never, I, I, I mean, until recently, I maybe I've seen a few, but growing up, I never seen them. Never yeah, seen I them in stores. I didn't even know nope, they were a thing. I, I would say I probably didn't even know of their existence until the two thousands. Like I just didn't even know. Yeah, I wish I'll, I knew. I'll say this. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I just, I wish I knew where my parents got that from or where I even got that from. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't realize until I was older. Like, oh, I this was a Game and Watch. I had no idea. Your mic keeps slapping your beard. God Andy. damn it! <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Um, I'll blame it on the about. Blame it on the coronavirus. It was the coronavirus. Yeah. Thanks a lot, coronavirus. Um, I'll say this about Game and Watches. Compared to Tiger Electronics, which is probably the closest comparison you can make it between the two, dude, it is. They are so far and above Tiger Electronics. I mean, they the design, the quality of the materials. They don't feel like cheap plastic. They're nice. They're sturdy. Um, the the gameplay, like you can tell, it's got that Nintendo kind of seal quality on it. You that you know that they want it to be a fun game, and every one that I played that I own of the six I own all great. I would recommend every single one. Um, I, I had fun with each one. They all felt different and unique. And I, I am absolutely in love with them. I want to collect every single one. Um, another one that I want to mention that I played, um, was Mickey and Donald. And I thought this was, this was another dual screen one, top and bottom screen, really fun. It was another multitasking one. So uh, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy are all like in a fire brigade, and you're at this building, and you got to put out the fires, right? And the fires are like in the windows. So Goofy's down at the bottom, like driving the fire truck. He he doesn't do anything, but you control uh, Mickey and Donald. Uh, Mickey is on the side running the pump for the water, but then there's uh, holes in the hose going up to the roof, and so you have to plug the holes to make sure the water gets up to the roof where Donald is spraying down on the fires. So you're kind of like, you got to watch Donald to move him left and right to look down to get the fires. 
And then you got to watch the left side of the screen to watch Mickey to where these holes are. The water's coming out so you can plug the holes. It's a mind trip trying to, you know, keep track of everything. But it was so fun. And uh, unfortunately, mine's a little beat up and I wish I had a better version of it. So, like, I, I definitely need an upgrade of that. But I I absolutely loved it. I, I cannot sing enough praises about game and watch it was completely different experience versus the tiger electronics that's something else that might be mentioned is um they actually use the game and watch as the you know like the uh the inspiration for the nintendo ds so i thought that was kind of neat how they basically they just brought it back i mean it's essentially um the foldable ones anyways because not all not all the game and watches fold over like that some are just single screens and Game and Watch, I mean, they they definitely Nintendo has a, a fond you know a reverence for it. They came out yeah. with the Game and Watch galleries and the Game Boy games. Yeah. Uh, they did re-releases of some of the games for I think Club Nintendo. You know, Mr. Game and Watch is in Smash, so it they they definitely didn't what are not trying to wipe it from their history or anything, but it definitely feels sometimes like this forgotten stepchild of Nintendo's history. It'd like you nice said, like nobody knew about these things. Yeah, it'd be nice to see more of a, a kind of a mass re-release of at least some of the more popular ones. Like, you know, if they released the the Zelda one, that thing would sell like crazy. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, I I really want to get my hands on one of the Zelda ones. I want to know how that plays. It looks cool. That's the other thing is is the the screens. You know, like Tiger screens. Uh, the the backgrounds are okay you know the the design the background design but the well, designs the, on these yeah a lot go of ahead. the designs on the tiger lcds are, are already are pre-drawn backgrounds right oh and that's a lot of them on game and watch but it's okay the detail on the game and watches are is out of control you know all these different colors and it's like the snoopy tennis one i have perfectly represents the source material like it looks exactly like the Peanuts characters, really fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything else to add about uh, Game and Watch? No. All fun. right. Fun. Really cool. Very fun. Very fun. Very expensive. If you can find them, uh, I did have. I made a new friend on Twitter this month. I I don't believe he's interacted. He or she, I'm not sure, uh, has interacted with the Cartridge Club before. But apparently, this person is a very big game and watch enthusiast and somehow they found you know the cartridge club and they did leave a review of their own and it was for this game called climber which kind of looks like a kid icarus inspired game or maybe kid icarus came from climber i'm i'm not too sure um but just a little quick review here this is from at j veg 199 x uh and they say it's The one LCD game I always go back to. Randomized levels that increase in complexity keep the game fresh. Enemies that can help or hurt add strategy. Difficulty ramps up fast and doesn't seem to top off. There's so much going on in such limited hardware. A true masterpiece. And it does look like a lot of fun. I I, I looked it up. It's one of the later releases of the Game & Watch. And um, thank you, JVeg, for sending in that review. That was called Climber, was the name of that game? Called Climber, yes. Climber. Climber. Uh, I like for... the randomness. Oh, yeah, sorry. that's, that's neat. No, no, just a question for you guys. Do you know, has anyone ever done like a 
a good retrospective of all of the game and watches like video uh, content creators that you you know of because that'd be kind of neat because I, I really don't know a lot about the game and watch but they've yeah. it's it's interesting to me it's uh maybe you know the uh the just the design of them and the scarcity of them um kind of uh adds to some of the appeal of them but i think it would be neat to just watch a, a nice retrospective yeah. or um review of, of of all of those well that's a good question uh i certainly don't have anything i can um, point towards but uh, chris looks well, like he's got some. yeah uh, norm did a review on um the game and watch collector's guide i mean that's i know that's gaming not historian quite... yeah 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 the gaming historian norm the game historian um so i mean maybe that guide could be something i mean if it's in the price range i don't really know if that's still available or not but i do mm-hmm. i thought i remember norm doing some sort of video on it before hmm. uh, so it wasn't a well, direct video but indirectly if any of you out there in cartridge club world uh know of anything you can point us towards feel free to jump on the forums or hit me up on twitter at cc portable unite and now we're coming to the end of March Madness, talking about LCD games, and I'm trying to figure out, maybe you guys can help me. This is normally the time we do the three questions of Doom, but I didn't know how I wanted to do that. Do we do it for LCD games as a whole? But then that seems a little unfair. Do we break it up by Tiger, Mattel, Game & Watch, Tamagotchi, do that? What do you guys think? I know because they're all so different from each other. I agree. Like, like Tiger, well, Tiger definitely. We, have a we know what we talked about. Yeah. Right. Why don't I ask the question and we'll just say what we think for each thing? Yeah. Uh, question number one: Are these good portable games? We'll start with you, Matt Bandy. Uh, Mattel Electronics. I don't know. I don't know. I never. I haven't really played too many of the Mattel electronics besides the, what did we say? The football one was that Mattel? Yeah, football. Yeah. You know what? Why don't we? Why don't we keep it to the the two big ones, the Tigers, and the Game and Watches. Tiger Electronics are they good portable games? When I was a kid, of course, yes, for sure. But now, I there's so many other portable games that you I, I would say you want to play in, instead of. Uh, a, a tiger lcd so when they first came out yes now not so much fair enough chris a very similar answer i mean they're they're very dated i mean it's almost like a time capsule kind of thing like if you were there um it it probably did the job if you didn't have a game boy but I mean, the Game Boy, even, you know, even if we're just talking about the original Game Boy is so far superior as a, in the experience. And even that was limited. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they're very cool display pieces, the the Tiger Electronics. I mean, I think they look really neat. The artwork on them are great. They feel kind of cool. Well, hold on, hold on. The we'll in the we'll get to that. Okay, okay. I didn't know that was the Doom question. All right, go ahead. You clearly listen to every episode of CC Portable, Chris. <laughs> How could you forget such a thing as the three questions of Doom? Uh, so back to the, are these good portable games? Let's talk about Game & Watches. What do you think about that, uh, Matt Pandy? 
Uh, uh, probably, yeah. From I would say even now, yes, they probably still be fun because they're obviously a little bit higher quality of gameplay, mm-hmm. and I think they probably translate a little, a little better to uh, uh, still playing them now. They probably hold up a little better. So I'd say yeah. Chris, I'll give one negative. Um, they run off watch batteries, and those things mm-hmm. aren't very cheap. Um, so as far as them being portable, ah, uh, nah. I, I say, I mean, the gameplay is fine, but I don't. Uh, to me, I'd rather I'd I'd seek out a different alternative and just use them as your collector's piece. Sure. Well, uh, going back to collecting, should these games belong in your collection? We'll start with Chris and Tiger Electronics. Yeah, absolutely. I love them. I mean, maybe not like a full set. You know, you're going to come across a lot of ones that don't interest you. But I mean, like I have a, you know, a double dragon, and I mean, I, I just like to look at it. You know, How many would like, you say you have in total? Uh, I probably have maybe close to 20. Um, and, and I don't really envision too many more. But, I mean, there's like a DuckTales one I would like to have. And and then there's also different ones. I wish I would have grabbed the other one. But there's different ones. Like these are ones that most people remember. But there's also like a bigger one that are more yeah. rectangle and more colorful. And a lot of the Disney games are on those. Uh, I think they're. I think they need. They don't really display that well unless you kind of specifically make something for it, or if you're just displaying maybe one or two. But if you're displaying a whole collection, it's. it's eh. I mean, you're gonna basically you're just gonna see the sides of them. You know what I mean? Unless yeah, because they take that, a lot of space. But that that's was that was something that I was gonna bring up and ask you guys because like you were saying, Chris, like these things they look awesome. They, the artwork on them is a, a big part of the appeal. But I've never seen these things displayed well. Like what do you, you know, like you said, you keep them on a shelf like this, you can't see what it is. And like well, how how, a, how, how do you a, display these? If you have a huge collection of this, how how would you display? I've only ever seen these like just shoved away in a you know in somebody's drawer somewhere. I will tell you how I used to display them. I don't do it no more because I have since turned it into a VHS rack. But I have a spinning rack like uh, something that maybe had like pantyhose or books probably books it probably had like little tiny paperback books on it that's probably what it originally was something that would have mm-hmm. been in the store yeah it, it does a very uh, small footprint you know it's a, essentially just a cylinder and it spins around it, it held about um i'd say probably about 30 of them so oh, i mean nice. it was gonna, it's not going to fit a whole collection but it did look neat because it did show you the part that really matters and that is the yeah. cover art almost like um, more like a store display yeah, and it's. It, it, I think something like that. I mean, you could probably build a custom shelf, and I, if I were, I would probably put them in more at a slant. You know what I mean? So, you know, you wouldn't take up as much room, kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. like side by side, it's really gonna. You're not. You're yeah. only gonna get maybe unless you have a really wide shelf. You're probably only gonna get about five or six on a shelf. I need to get that Castlevania one. Yeah, I I got that at uh. That's cool. Almost. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And it actually plays well. Nice. I mean, it's it's kind of like the description you had of Double Dragon 2. It's yeah, I'm sure a lot like... of them kind of played like that. Yeah. What about uh, Game & Watches? Chris? Well, they're expensive. I mean, that that's going to be the major deterrent as far as collecting them. I, I would say maybe find the one that means something to you. Or, or like if it's like a mini collection, like if you're into Donkey Kong, they have a few different Donkey Kongs on there. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. Um, 
But man, you know, you better you better be ready to shell out some cash, and because uh, they're not cheap, and and especially if you want them like cl- complete in box, those are very pricey cardboard. Are is there a pretty big? Are they all pretty high end, expensive, or is there kind of a, a wide, uh, almost like a Nintendo? I NES think the base gap. probably. I would think like the bottom of it would maybe be in the fifty range, maybe. Oh, that's wow, yeah. the number I had in my head. Yeah, I yeah, think fifty I mean, is that's about the low. Probably the bottom end and the high end. I mean, you know, I don't know how much that super rare one uh, Curtis was talking about earlier, but I would imagine at, at a minimum a few hundred dollars. Yeah, so they would come in boxes, like yeah, actual little rectangle like, boxes. Part, okay. And they had um, those at, it, at, at I actually have one. Uh, my Donkey Kong is boxed, and it's really neat because I mean they have a essentially it's basically like pulling out your NES out of the box because it has styrofoam. You open it up, it fits in. It's molded styrofoam. It has a little instruction manual in there. Um, there is other ones that don't have styrofoam. They have um, like a they they at some point they must have switched to plastic, so it's like plastic molding. You know, like a but you know it opens up. Yeah. And your uh, so you know, watch would be in. The boxes aren't all a standardized size. It kind of depends on the, the shape uh, of the. The ones I've seen, they they all seem to be like a rectangle, but uh, and they, but I mean, I'm not that. And you know, looking at that punch out one that I showed you earlier, that one looks a little bit larger. So I yeah. I can't imagine all the exact same size, but it, the few that I have seen, they all seem to be about the same size of a rectangle. Yes. And as far as displaying them, uh, some of the gaming watches, you know, like the uh, the single screen ones, they have a little yep. stand in the back because they Those are really just watches, right? Well, and, well, like your clock, it'd be like a bedside clock. Exactly, your your yeah. your clock, yeah. And uh, so they they display really nice, and it's funny because yeah. that reminds me of like the the switch has the little kickstand on the back. And it just makes me think, like, all these ideas, these great ideas that Nintendo has over the years that they recycle. You see a lot of this stuff, you know, come come back. Um, but, yeah, I think absolutely th- they are expensive. But, um, yeah, find find a couple you like. They're great. They're good. To, they're, they're a cool, neat piece of video game history to have on your shelf. And they're fun. Kind of echoing what you said about Nintendo's quality. I mean, that is one thing about them. They're very, you know, you, you could tell the difference. They feel heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's metal in them, you know, it's whereas the, you know, the, the tiger are very cheap. They're probably the only true heavy metal in it are the batteries. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like they're very, right. fancy, very light, but they're durable. I mean, I, I find one that's not has a couple of little chips or scratches on them from some kid dropping them. And, you know, if you found you, you found one of the few because they all pretty well have uh, taken their their lumps over the years. Yeah. Uh, and then the last question, and again, I think we're just going to have to kind of lump them together as a whole, but out of five, five being perfect, how would you rate this? Let's start with Tiger Electronics, Matt. <laughs> it's hard to do because, like... Uh, it's very difficult. Well, I'm thinking, like, I, I have to rate these like i would when they first came out because and i let me just stop here really quick i think we need to not rate them compared to other video games like game boy games and stuff rate them lcd games what the the hardware is capable of and 
you know, are they maximizing what you can do with the enjoyment you can get out of it and, and the design and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you think they did? Okay, so I, I always give a three and I hate doing that, but I have to give a three on this because there's there's so much range and quality and variety when it comes to the LCD games. Like you'll have your 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 bottom of the barrel and then you'll have some fun stuff and then everything in between. So as a whole, I would say it's just like an average three out of five. I, I hate always giving a three, but just how how wide uh, of spectrum that this covers that's that's right in the middle there chris okay I, i'll say this um i think they accomplished their goal i mean they're portable you know you could fit them in your pocket even as even a kid could probably wedge this in their front pocket um they're unique as far as most of them are probably original games i mean they're not necessarily ports so they're doing something a little different they look great. I mean, there's there's no disputing how good they look. I mean, they I think they look awesome. So as far as that, and you probably get your money's worth, at least at the time, you probably did. I mean, I'm sure there were some kids who were disappointed, but ultimately, I think I would probably give them a four as far as presentation, um, the uniqueness of it. I mean, they definitely have a, a quality about them. I mean, it would be nice if, oh, and they even, you know, they give you the option of even turning the sound off. So if the noise is annoying, I mean, you know, it, it has some, and, and the later ones even had talking mechanics to them. So, you know, I feel like they so were you don't still get trying to improve them. <laughs> right. The sound thing is perfect for, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have kept yours from getting taken, but. Um, yeah, I, I would give them a four as far as, uh, you know, just comparing them to other LCD of the time. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with Bandy on this one. I think I'm going to give him a three. Good. Moving on. Solid. Game and watches. Matt Bandy. Uh, score. Uh, I would say I'll give that a four out of ten. Oh, out of ten, geez, four out of five. And sorry, oh, what did you say, Chris? I didn't say anything. I, I was, oh, okay. I didn't know I was. I didn't know I was called upon. It glitched a little bit. Yeah, I got a little um, screwy there for a sec. Coronavirus. You know what? I, I'll just. I mean, I, I don't know what scores I gave the last time I was on, and I don't know if I give out too many fives, but. As far as what they are designed to do, I feel like, I mean, it was a great bargain. You got an alarm clock. And, you know, granted, we take alarm clocks and clocks for, for granted now because I was one with their phone. But, you know, if you kind of think about it at the time, I mean, not a, not a lot of kids had clocks. And I don't know. I, I think they're pretty neat. And, and, and they're definitely high quality. And, yeah, I mean, they're, you know. They're limited, but so is all LCD products. So I'll, I'll go ahead and give them a. I'm gonna go ahead and give them a five, just because I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Nice. And I'm gonna go with Chris on this one. I'm a Nintendo fanboy too. They get a five from me. I think Nintendo absolutely maximized what LCD games can do, and they showed us. They, I, they, they. To me, they're the gold standard. They set the bar. For everyone else to follow. And hell, man. I mean, the collectability of you can sell them. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're you worth money. You can make some good money on them. Absolutely. Like, you know, go to college off cheap, those things. Man. Hell yeah. So. And that's it. 
That's all we got to say about LCD games this year for March Madness 2020. Of course, I like to keep you guys going if you want a little bit more. And it's hard to recommend. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do I recommend for uh, LCD games? They're kind of hard to come by. You know, what do I say? Well, luckily, I had a, a great person on Twitter reach out. And that is uh, Simon Ashtier. I don't know if that's a real name, but I love that name. It's uh, Simon Ashtier. here. Um, and they directed me to a website that allows you to play um, in-browser uh, emulated uh, LCD games. So if you want to check some of these out, they got a whole bunch you can play. It's really cool. And it is, uh, I'm going to give you the website. You can also find the website in the link in the description uh, for this podcast. But it's going to be um, archive.org slash details slash handheld history. So, uh, again, I'll put the link in the description, but great website. Check it out, and you can play some LCD games right there very quickly. Did you guys have anything you wanted to recommend? Nope. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it. We're done. We're done with March Madness 2020. So, with that, let's talk about what's coming up in the rest of 2020 for the Cartridge Club. So, for the next couple of months... In CC Prime, they just finished off Ori in the Blind Forest, so look forward to that podcast uh, coming soon. In April, they're going to be playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, one of the worst Zeldas ever. <laughs> you guys going to be playing along? Uh, I mean, you know, you know what? I've actually never played that game, so uh, that might be a time for me to do it. But I'm actually curious. I don't know. It. I'm curious how if it feels dated for me because you know after playing Breath of the Wild, it's Right, you know, but I I remember loving it, man. I loved it so much when yeah. I when it I came will say out. this: it's not it's not the worst Zelda game out there. I don't have the nostalgia for it that I think a lot of people do. I've only played it on the 3DS, but that uh, port is amazing, and you guys should play it if you haven't checked it out. Um, everything they do is amazing in it, so and it's it's good. Not my favorite Zelda, but it's good. Um, Quick Save Club, they just polished off Duke Nukem 3D. And in April, they're going to be... That's their Season 2 opener. So, congratulations. You've made it a whole season. Their Season 2 opener is going to be Terraria. Terraria. Oh, okay. I've think my son. I think my son plays that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then for CC Portable in April, we are going to be playing Mega Man 5. And that is for the Game Boy. Icy one. The pricey one and the only Mega Man game for the Game Boy that was developed exclusively for the Game Boy. It was not a original game. hodgepodge port of some of the Nintendo ones. It was completely original for the Game Boy. Very fun. I've been playing it early in quarantine because why not? Let's play some video games, right? And I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to be very... So how are you playing it? Download? I'm playing it on my modded Game Boy Advance SP with the uh, 101 screen in it it's the long the original game boy advance or it's not an sp it's a just a game boy advance with the 101 mod so you have the you have the cart yeah wow look at you impressive well see i mega man's my absolute favorite character i i, I kind of want to get all the mega man games I, I love mega man yeah so gotta have that one it's a good one it's very fun uh and then in may a little bit of a change up i said i would clarify this podcast uh we were originally going to be playing mother three uh, for Mother's Day, I thought that was a good coincide uh, uh, coincidence, coinciding, 
anyway, you get what I'm saying. Uh, Mother 3, we've never played an RPG on the podcast, but unfortunately, my version of Mother 3 was a terrible Chinese, like, bootleg copy that didn't even have a battery in it. And I thought I would have a chance to get it, but then the coronavirus stuff hit. Now it's kind of it's gumming up the works. So we're going to be changing it to something hopefully better and something I've wanted to play forever. And that's going to be the first Fire Emblem game on the Game oh, Boy Advance. Nice. Um, the first Fire Emblem game released in North America, I should say. I believe it's like the seventh in the series. But the first one we got in North America, I've been waiting to play it forever. And that's what we're going to be playing in May. So some exciting stuff to look forward to coming up. And with that, if you want to find out any more about what's going on in the Cartridge Club, feel free to check out www.cartridgeclub.org where you can jump on the forums or uh, go to the Discord where you can jump in the chat and talk about all things video games, movies, pop culture, nerd stuff, everything and anything. It's all there. Or if you want to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter at CCPortableUnite where you can tell me what games you want to play coming up in the future or if you want to be a special guest like my friends uh, Matt and Chris here. Speaking of you two, where can we find you? What's going on? Matt Bandy. Uh, you can find me sometimes on Twitter at, uh, at X, Matt Bandy X. That's, yeah, you can find me there. You, you're a GIF posting mach- machine. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Every Love couple of weeks, I'll, I'll pop in and throw something on there. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, CWR2. And that's the yep. number two. That's I would uh, recommend the Instagram if you're unfamiliar with Chris. He's got lots of good, fun stuff. And he's got a huge collection with a lot of crazy items. So follow him on the old IG. I want to thank you guys for coming here and uh, joining me for March Madness. I don't think I could think of two other people I would want to be on the podcast more than you two. Thanks, so, man. I appreciate it. Well, this isn't the Soul Cal Retro Gaming Expo, but it's good that we could still get together. Yeah, it, it should have been. It should have been this weekend, huh? Yeah, you know what? It I wasn't be gonna... us hanging out at your house right now. That's yeah. that's true. That's a good point. It yeah. was supposed to be this weekend, and I, unfortunately, I wasn't going to be able to go. So I'm hoping that they manage to reschedule it when I can go. I think that'd be cool. We'll see. I hope. I mean, you know, fingers crossed, right? Who knows when this all this madness is going to end? Well, apparently Easter. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. I'll tell you where it's not going to be ending in Easter. Here in the UK. Boy, am I glad I'm here. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, you guys out there, take care. Be safe. Wash your hands and stay the hell away from each other. And please... Listen to scientists and real doctors. That's all I ask. And if you do that, I think we're going to make it through this. But in the meantime, live it up. Play some video games. Hang out with your loved ones. And uh, really cherish this time. This is kind of a gift, you know. Um, So that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it there. We will see you guys next month for Mega Man 5 CC Unite. Unite.